I'm going to challenge you this morning a little bit, um, and uh, I don't think I need to a whole lot because we've been singing about the greatness of God. Oh man, God is great. Uh, psalm 145 is the psalm that uh, God has laid on my heart uh, several years ago for the ministry of Sim. And uh, we shared some of that today over uh, in the early hour and um, want to uh, continue with that. Uh, that is the purpose of our ministry is to make known the greatness of God through life stories and salvation testimonies and other short life stories. Uh, it, it's just been such a blessing to hear life stories of other Christians. Uh, some getting way up there in years and to think about all the years that they lived and what God did in so many uh, of their experiences in life. But the thing that we realize today is that, that God wants to be magnified and glorified through our lives. He wants that. And uh, as we allow him to do that, people are saved, sometimes family members, uh, friends, others, as we share our lives, and especially we that know Christ as our Savior, we have the greatest testimony of anyone to share about the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done for us personally and what a difference he has made in our lives and to give him the glory and praise and to build him up as we'll see in this psalm. Psalm 145, uh, we see, uh, first of all, uh, verses 1 through 3, that uh, in verse 3, uh, we see, we'll start in verse 1. I will extol you, O God, O King. I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. His greatness is unsearchable. I took my iPad and I looked up all the translations that was in it for that God is awesome. Uh, that God is awesome. His greatness is unsearchable or awesome. As I looked up those verses, uh, a lot of the translations back years ago, uh, even in the 1700s, 1800s, and uh, it's just wonderful to have a, a little instrument like that, that can go back and look at all those translations and when they were given and uh, look at a, a phrase and uh, see how differently it's been translated in different words. I'll just read some of them on this, that uh, God is awesome. God's Greatness is unsearchable in verse 3. Much greater than anyone can understand. He is so vast and deep. 
No one can measure his greatness. God is magnificent and can never be praised enough. There are no boundaries to his greatness. For there is no end to the discovery of the greatness that surrounds you. We see that in creation that God is awesome. He is a great God and shows us in creation his greatness. In Genesis 1.1, and God created the heavens and the earth. Have you been looking at the moon here lately? It's a bright one. And it's just really shining forth most of these nights. Have you noticed the beauty of the stars? All the wonders of that upper heaven? Have you noticed his greatness in creation? He is so awesome in his creation. God is great because he has created. You know, the psalmist said in Psalm 121, My eyes look up to the hills. Whence cometh my help? My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. He surely can take care of us. God is awesome. He is great because of creation. God is great because of his awesome attributes. Uh, it's wonderful to see God's attributes, all that he had. Just, uh, we find just uh, four of them are mentioned here right away in this chapter 145. As you go down to verse 8 of uh, Psalm 145. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. For the Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. God is gracious. Boy, that was good singing today about that grace. That grace is so wonderful because... That graciousness is, leads, leads all these attributes that are mentioned here. As you go through the Psalms and you go through the words, the comparisons, you see that grace, favor of God, is so precious and so powerful. We find our salvation by the grace of God. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. That's grace. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. It's God. God is gracious. You know, if you want to turn with me to a little book called Jonah. Jonah understood that. 
Now, I'll help you find Jonah. It's uh, right before Micah. Does that help? Uh, so, uh, anyway, Jonah, uh, right after Obadiah. Uh, so, it's there, chapter 4. This word gracious that is used uh, here in um, verse 8 that we looked at, the Lord is gracious, we find uh, was said the same word by Jonah. If you go up uh, in uh, chapter 3 of verse 8 to get kind of a little bit back with Jonah and that tremendous miracle uh, in his life and then going to Nineveh to preach repentance. In verse 8 of chapter 3, And let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands who can tell of God who turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. Then God said, Their works that they turned from their evil way and God relented from the disaster he, he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord and said, O oh Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are a, there it is, same word, gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Jonah definitely didn't want those sinful Ninevites to uh, come to the Lord. He had shared the Lord with them going across their country. And remember the king and, and uh, people were putting on the sackcloth and repenting of their sins and uh, coming to him. And Jonah didn't like that very good because uh, he, they were evil people as the history goes back with them and his own people. They were evil. He couldn't, he didn't want them really to come to that, that, that way of the Lord. But Jonah knew something about the Lord and he knew the Lord was doing this even in that sinful city of Nineveh. He knew the Lord was gracious. He knew the Lord was full of compassion the Lord was able to save even the worst sinner. That's the kind of Lord we have. He can turn our lives around. Our testimonies. He turned mine around. I could have very easily, folks, my life could have very easily ended right out here on Highway 218. Remember that old curb they used to have on that thing? How it'd throw you? 
I could tell you some really hard stories of my teenage years living in this area, New London. And one of my, some, some of my friends over here at Mount Pleasant, how we used to go off in the country and not good. And who would have thought that God would save a sinful teenager like me? It was definitely worthless, looked like hopeless, not a prayer. Write him off. God said, I love you. I love you. I was working at High V in Fairfield when I come to be saved. And John 3.16 was the verse that really got a hold of my heart. Now it's very familiar to Christians and a lot of people. It wasn't familiar to me. But when I realized how much that God loved me and what he did for me, I couldn't get over it. And I called out to the Lord to forgive my sins and to be my Savior. Over on 405 4th Street in Fairfield. With our little kids. God is good. His mercy not getting what we deserve. His graciousness. Jonah, even in his hardness, he knew that God was gracious, just as the psalmist David knew that the Lord is gracious. He forgives. He restores. He blesses. He uses us for his glory and his praise, and his honor. He is a great God, greatly to be praised. He is a God of compassion, mercy and compassion, full of compassion. Remember when Jesus looked out over the multitudes, and he looked at them and he said, they're faint, they're scattered, they look really bad because they don't have a shepherd. And he looked out over them and they were, many of them sick, many of them weary, many of them depressed and in despair, and Jesus looked over them and he, he cared. He cared for them. What does he see today in this world we live? You know, there's a lot of good going on. Linda and I just worked at the State Fair 
we volunteer every year for the last several years as manning the information booth, one, the culture building. It's supposed to be just for the cultural building. That's where our daughter Joy was superintendent for many years. And uh, she, I think she kind of got, got us the job in a way. Uh, and, uh, you know, we see, we saw, I think, probably close to half a million people. Well, not, you know, all at once. They didn't storm the information booth that bad. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I've never seen so many people in my life go to the Iowa State Fair, go down the Concord. I mean, to tell you, last Friday, a week ago, uh, this last Friday, or no, yeah, was that right, Linda? A week ago, Friday? No, it was, maybe it was, well, we were there this Friday. It was Saturday. Uh, the last Saturday we were there, a week ago Saturday, and it was really something else. But we had more fun doing that than you can believe. Because we have everybody, I mean every shape, every color, everything that comes by us there. And uh, old and young, lots of little babies, a lot of carts, I mean just, it's just everything. And some of them will stop. You know, what's, what's the greatest blessing? Just to watch them. You know, just watch people. We're amazing. Do you know that? <laughs> amazing. And it's a blessing. And we, we do it. We have to get up early and get down there and we just finished the Nebraska camp a week there, and that just came off the Iowa camp, just being campers there. But, you know, you get up and you go down, why am I doing this, you know? And then some sweet person comes up to you and they smile. You know, people are so happy at the state fair. Uh, in the daytime. I haven't been there at night. <laughs> but, uh, oh, tell you folks, the multitudes. Oh, people need the Lord. Without him, they're going to perish. Every one of them. Are you saved? Do you know the Lord Jesus as your Savior? Have you confessed your sin to him and opened up your heart to him to receive his love and his grace and his mercy, all that he is, all the wonderful attributes of God, to be able to bring them in focus and view and to bring them in my heart? That's what the psalmist was doing here talking of the greatness of God so that the people could rejoice and be thankful to him. He is a good God. He has goodness. The Lord is good to all, verse 9, and his tender mercies over all his works. Tender mercies. The Lord is good. 
Some of you, of course, were talking about, I didn't bring greetings from Duke and Deb and, and uh, Anthony and Austin and Abby and uh, Austin uh, with his wife, Metheny, and uh, then Abby with Jay. Uh, we went out to their wedding, to Abby and Jay's wedding. I'm going to tell you, we had a ball at that wedding. I mean, it was so much fun. And Duke had it together on that, <laughs> even though Abby was getting married. And Abby, he was kind of a sight in some ways. But something in planning of the wedding, maybe Deb did it. I don't know. But in planning the wedding, all four of the grandparents are still living. And they had one table at the reception they put us four at. And I think, we were, were we the youngest married? I think there was one there, that a grandparent that was in the early 50s. And we were a little later. And, and the Maimans were, Deb's folks were 60. So, okay. She's giving me hand motions and I cannot read them. <laughs> so anyway. All four of us was at that table, and we just had the most fun. Folks, there's no one that has more fun than older people. Amen? <laughs> I mean, it was fantastic. We just laughed, and it was so much fun. But God is good. Very good. So good. There's a plaque outside of the cultural building of Joy, our daughter, that went to be with the Lord over seven years ago. She had been a supervisor there from a started at a very young age, but she had been there 19 years as supervisor of the creative arts. And uh, Joy, some of you know, uh, through Duke probably when she had um, a brain tumor, diagnosed a brain tumor and she only lived four months, not quite four months after they diagnosed it a brain tumor. But something that Joy did that, oh wow, had a big impact on my life, big impact. Above her bed, she was in a lot of pain, uh, could focus pretty well for a while, early months, but above her bed, she put, God is good. Joy, you got a brain tumor, you're dying. Now she knew that. God is good. Took me a while to figure that out. In fact, I've been thinking about that here recently. How can you say God is good? And you know, I think I know the answer. God is good because he was using joy for his glory. 
And I find out, folks, the more that God uses us, the more of his goodness we see. And it becomes the most important thing in life, more important than your little children gathered around your deathbed, more important than anything in life. To share the glory of God. You see, God made us. Our parents, yeah, sure had something to do with it. But God, in his sovereign will, is so precious. And Joy wanted everybody to know her Savior. And any way that she could testimony in her final days, she did. She sang uh, at our camp meeting in Des Moines. She sang at the Bible College. Anywhere, anywhere she could get her foot in the door those last days. And it got so she couldn't hardly get around. They had a benefit for it, Grandview Park Baptist School, a basketball game. And she spoke at halftime, and it was, she just couldn't hardly do it. But she gave testimony of knowing Christ. If anybody there was without Christ, this is the most important decision you can make. And she was right. They put that benefit on her and she uh, sang uh, as long as she could. And you know, Joy said, you know, there's only one thing that I can take to heaven with me. Souls. And so she just told everybody about Jesus and how she loved him and how that he, she knew his will was greater than hers, even though she had a great desire to be with her kids and her husband and her family. Really taught me some lessons, folks, about God and his love sending his only begotten son. She was our only daughter. The grace of God, the compassion of God, the mercy of God, and the goodness of God, his tender mercies, Verse 10, all, or excuse me, what, what then should be our, our, re, our uh, result of that? What should be our reaction? What should be our recourse? What should we do because of the greatness of God? And it, we've been doing it here today. I will extol thee, you, my God, verse 1, O king, I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you. I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord to be, and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. One generation. Now here goes our ministry. Excuse me. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts and will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, men shall speak of the might of your 
awesome acts, and I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. That's our response. Why we do testimonies, life stories, not to make us important, folks, to make him important. To show his greatness, his grace, his mercy, his compassion, his tender mercies. The psalmist said, I will sing of your greatness. Linda? This is the better half.
Thank you, folks. Thank you, Linda. Well, what is America doing about God's greatness? A lot. A lot of good's going on in this, this country. This church is one of them, right? Amen? It's a lot of good. But we need the Lord. Many people need the Lord. What are we doing about it? Personally, what are you doing about it? Well, I trust that you are letting God use you no matter what age you are, that he's using you for his glory and that you're sharing with others. You're praying and asking God to use you to open the doors of your testimony of knowing him, of his grace, his mercy, his compassion, his, his goodness that you are sharing that. And you know what happens when we do? God works. And you know, he can take a sinner like you, like me, and save us. And we can be objects of his glory and praise. What better thing in life is there, folks, than that? There's no amount of money. There's no amount of things that even come close to the greatness of God. He is an awesome God. Do you know him as your own God and Savior, Jesus, his son? If not, today, there's folks here that will help you with that. Don't put it off. If you know him, oh, let him use you. I know that several of you are in this church and in your families, but folks, keep it up and add to your number. Because there's nothing, absolute nothing, and I'm an old man, better in life. Nothing. Don't turn him away. Open your heart, your life to him. His praise, his glory, all the wonderful attributes he is, and much, much more. He is an awesome God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful blessing today with share, to share with these dear folks of your greatness. Thank you for already the music today and uh, all that went into this service, Lord, and goes into this church. Thank you for the pastors and all of those officers and all of those that 
carry on uh, the leadership here in this place. And we pray that you would continue to help each one in this church to bring glory to your matchless name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.